This is Fish. This is Steve. Wait a minute. What? What? I'm right Steve here. Is right here. How did I get in here? It must be team vaccinated. <laughs> Today is my 14th day post Johnson and Johnson. Ooh, how's your clot doing? Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty Did you good. name it yet? <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna let it fester a little while. <laughs> Don't you find it funny that like six and a half million people have got the Johnson and Johnson thing, and six people throw a clot, and and yeah. and I, I I suppose it's the right move. I'm not, it is. you know, it is. but it just seems it seems like uh, always whatever we do. The, the the that small group of people seem to control the conversation. Even those people that throw clots. <laughs> there's, so there's that. But at yeah. the same time, I think, I mean, my own take on it is, I think that uh, it would have been, I think, smarter to acknowledge and make choices about the Johnson. I mean, as of today that we're doing this podcast, um, they've put a pause on the Johnson and Johnson just for a few days here here in Vermont and across the the country. Um, but I think they could, if we were more science literate, we could have science, I know, but we could have, you know, we could have (laughs) communicated this to people to say, there's a really, really low level risk here, but enough of a risk that nobody's life should be jeopardized. But they, I mean, they blossomed this into like a big story. Like, oh, come on, people. It's, you know, it's, it's it's what gets people to tune in, right? Yeah. Speaking of tuning in, uh-huh. so uh, this is the first time we were discussing right before we hit the record button on this here podcast. Mm-hmm. Over a year since uh, we've done where this are we now? Is it, face-to-face? It's, it's April the whatever, yeah. 13th, 14th. Um, yeah, I'm going to guess it was early March mm-hmm. that we last recorded it. Yeah, so 13 months. I mean, we um, you know, we were FaceTiming and doing stuff connecting that way yeah. and doing it that way, but it's good to have you back. It's great to be here. We, we even had to kind of, just so that we could e- keep it, we had to move into a different studio. Right. A little more air in here. Yeah, just a little bit more there. Right. The uh, Earspoon Studios are a little, a little a, close. It's kind of phone booth-esque. Yeah, <laughs> but we like it. It's homey. Right. The Earspoon, which is the podcast you are listening to, is brought to you by Mocha Joe's, the fine, fine coffee roasters that provide us with plenty of caffeine. MochaJoe's.com. And it's all brewed and roasted right here locally in uh, in Brattletown, Vermont, or Brattleboro, or Brattleburg, or Brattle Bronx, whatever you call it. But they don't grow the beans here. They don't. Just want to be clear about that. They don't. Um, Someday, maybe. Maybe. (laughs) After after global warming has... That's exacerbated sure, some. Sure. We just have to up our donkey population and we're yeah. good to go. Ah, yeah. There no we problem. go. All right. Uh, how do you, I guess you just, just no way to segue into this whole thing. And uh, I guess as as we have to uh, slowly and diabolically watch a man die again over and over in the news cycle, uh, George Floyd, and that trial is going on. Yeah. Uh, it kind of makes you. Wonder exactly how does and does justice get served out? Oh, yeah. I saw somebody post on Twitter the other day, like, how do you know that America is a third world country? Let me start. And he said, we're watching a four-week trial on, on something we all saw happen <laughs> in, with video of a man being killed over a nine-and-a-half-minute period. But we have to have a four-week trial I don't, you know, I mean, it, it is our, it is our, our, our system. Yep. It Due process. Re- yep. It really is. But 
it does seem ridiculous. Kind of, yeah. And you know, I, you know, and I say I, I pity that defense lawyer coming. I mean, I, defense lawyers are there to defend mm-hmm. with the, whatever tools they have available to him. You know, at some point, though, a decent person would stand, bu- stand up and say, I just can't do this. No. This man just diabolically killed this person. Like, like, like took near what looked like pleasure in it. Seemed to have. And as somebody I saw yesterday say, like, if you can kneel on a man's neck for nine and a half minutes and your sunglasses don't fall off of your head, you're not really threatened. Yeah. You know, and that guy sat there for nine and a half minutes and sunglasses perched on the top of his head. Like... And looked there, and then you know, after even the aftermath was able to justify and just go on about his day. It's like, what? Yeah. And people volunteering to say, "Let me save this man's life." Like, no, nah, I'm good. Like, wow. It, it, you know, it. it uh. Yeah. And 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 then there's a sh- in in everybody who has watched this thing unfold over and over and over again, yeah. the shadow of doubt, that rain cloud of doubt, yeah. is just off in the horizon and moving towards this way because all it takes is one juror. Yep. One juror. Right. With some sort of a motivation. I mean, I can't, you can't, anybody that is in my immediate circle can't figure out how Derek Chauvin gets off. Yeah, but we're also acclimated enough to, you know, from OJ to Trump to what have you to say like, well, all the evidence seems really clear that how could they ever like, oh my God, you're kidding me. Mm-hmm. You know? And so we, this is part of the cynicizing of America where people expect certain outcomes. We're like, well, it's blatant and it's flagrant and it's obvious and the evidence is there and who would ever. And the answer is, uh, yeah, no, actually. And this is what we see in, in politics, in justice, et cetera. And so it's understandable that people are withdrawn, jaded, cynical, and saying, fuck it, it's all bullshit. Why right. should I bother? You know, and that's a dangerous yeah. condition. No, it is, you know. And I mean, I understand all sides of the argument. You know, like like you can't just stop, uh, you, you can't start arresting and persecuting cops for doing their jobs. I agree. Right. This was not somebody doing their job, though. No. This was not. There is it a, was murder. There is a fucking clear and, and, and concise and very definable line yep. here between somebody doing their job and diabolically and slowly murdering somebody. Yeah, and that was the darkness of it. Like when you, if you stood and counted nine and a half minutes, that is a long ass time to be pressing down on somebody's neck. And now you hear from the defense and and from others and from you know closet racists and not so closeted racists like, well, he was high on drugs. Well, he had a he was a criminal. Well, he you know all these mitigating factors. You know when in fact like. I don't care what has gone on for this man. If you lean on someone's neck and like, and I'm sure you've seen by now the videotape of the officers approaching his door and opening the door. Mm-hmm. He was so scared from the start, mm-hmm. you know? So already the emotional you know, numbers are way up and it just all escalated from there. All of it avoidable. And the other piece is like over what? Over what? Over a, a counterfeit $20 bill? Really? That's what it was. Yeah. And so, and again, so now we're also reeling now from, oh, now I'm going to forget his name. I had it fresh in my mind. The poor, I want to say the poor guy who was just shot in the chest. Oops, taser, no gun, 25-year veteran. I don't understand how that happened at all. Yeah. Uh, It's, I think, you know, you give it time to let stuff come out in the wash, but 
this is a person who's been you know not only on the force but is at the head of the pre- the police association. I presume that's a union or a group of some kind, and uh, somebody who's given trainings. How do you confuse a yellow taser on one side with a heavy blue black uh, a, a pistol on the other side? I'm sure the gun humpers will say it's not a pistol. It's a don't care. It's a lethal weapon. Right. And so how do you, after 25 years of working in police, in policing, make that judgment? And truth told, if, again, there's another one. If you see the video of this, the other officer was, seemed, to be, it seemed to be under control. Granted, you know, shouldn't have been pulled over in the first place, probably. You know, but I'm, I'm not going to uh, Monday morning quarterback it. But then this, this other police officer comes over and intervenes. And everything goes to shit from there. Uh, are we talking about Virginia now? The the um, the, no, the second lieutenant. Center. Oh no! Wait, which I'm talking about the Brooklyn Center experience. I wish I had his name. Hang on, I'm gonna look. It's it's um, Duante, yeah. right? Yeah, right. Have I got that? Um, so I think that's right. But I mean, you know about the second lieutenant in uniform that got pulled over. By the oh yes I do yes. oh thank you I forgot about that story okay these are things they come rapid fire you can't even you can't remember school shootings you can't remember these egregious violations of the rights of basic human rights of, of, of people of color you know and like oh oh that one I forgot about that oh, this is yeah. where we're at now yeah no right I mean this is when you can cite these things chapter and verse you know it it's just it, it becomes this thing like so now the second lieutenant is is suing. As well as he should. And and that officer was fired. Yes, he was. But here's an interesting thing. Now he can go. He can, He's fired from that department. Doesn't mean he can't stop being a cop, though. I know. And, and that's that. the thing. The qualified immunity thing needs to go. Yep. The bouncing to the next department needs to go. And the other piece is, I can't remember what country it was, but I read something recently where, like, in many European countries, you need a four-year degree and si- at least six months of training. You know, to to become a police officer, and as we know in other European countries, they don't you really use guns. They don't really no. feel the need. And like, you know, if somebody wants to get in his car and who and you already have his name and wants to drive away from your stop, let the freaking guy go. Yeah, you know, there, there I I understand that thinking, especially now. Yeah, especially where, if it's a black man yeah, driving a car. I mean, you know, so these things are just starting to kind of shape up to be, you know, you know, I was arrested for driving while black. Yeah, exactly right. And and I am sorry that wow, I you know, I, I penned my column this week on on this thing and and I You still write it in pen? That's I do. That's I do. I do. Well, you know, I wrote commitment. I wrote it was pencils. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> anyway, um, years ago, years and years ago, I got pulled over in New York mm-hmm. because a vehicle matching my description was reported with a driver behind the wheel using his cell phone. And back then it was New York was the first state and they were taking it seriously and they were going after everybody. Yeah. And I got pulled over, had no reason why I was getting, no reason why I got pulled over it. My, my cell phone was literally sitting in the cup holder in plain sight. All 25 pounds of it. Big flip phone. <laughs> and uh, I, I had no idea why I was getting pulled over. I asked the police officer. I said, well, a car fitting your description uh, with a driver 
Fitting your description. You fit the description you, is a phrase that most right. black people are very and, and, about hearing. And I was like, um, for somebody that usually, I said, well, you know, he goes, well, I'll just need to see your license and registration, please. And uh, I, I handed it to him, kept my hands on the wheel, as, as previously instructed to do. Right. Um, came back, he handed me my license and registration, asked me if I had used the cell phone. I jokingly said I can barely afford the phone itself, let alone to use it while it's roaming, because back then that was a thing. Yes, yes. Okay, <laughs> and uh, and he asked me a few more questions. I don't remember. And he's like, "All right, uh, I think I, I I think we're we're good here. Um, you know, but you do know that New York passed this law, so you know if you have the urge to use your cell phone." And I interrupted him. I said, "Which I won't. Mm-hmm. Please, please don't uh, do it while driving." Thank you, and I moved along my way. Now I think back to these things. Now, like yeah. even now, I'm a white guy. If I get pulled over, how, do, how does that does that scenario that should have always black white doesn't matter right. been handled that way? Right. Does it get handled that way then or now? If I'm black, maybe it's got a better chance of being handled that way than if I'm black. I don't think it has that. I, I don't know. I'm so sickened as a person who constantly defends our police departments. It's getting really fucking hard to do that. It sure is. And it's a it's a cultural thing. It's a police culture thing. And again, you and I both are lucky, I would say, to know some really exceptional human mm-hmm. beings who have chosen to be police officers. And those are the people you want showing up in those moments. Right. I think of a number going through my mind right now who are really outstanding people. Um there's, you can have the discussion about whether policing as we do it now is a wise thing. And there, you know, there's the, the, the ACAB, all cops are bastards yeah. idea. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. ascribe to that because I know personally some really good people that have chosen to be police officers. And they, are, they take protecting and serving very seriously. But, and that's a big but, um, there is something endemic and, and systemic in police culture which sees regular citizens sometimes as threats and enemies. And that is also because we're militarizing our police department. We're bringing people back from Iraq and Afghanistan and may, and they're becoming police officers and they see moving targets as enemies and they see non-white people as far more of a threat. So we've seen this way too many times. For example, that uh, army lieutenant um, says on that videotape, uh, I'm afraid to get out of my car. Right. That is the experience of every black person in this country. And he's buckled in. And he's buckled so in. So what happens if he goes to release the belt buckle? The, exactly the, the right. buckle, you know, they And we've seen it. Philando Castile, right in Minnesota. We talk about Minnesota right, a lot right, now. Right. The guy said, I have a weapon. It's right here. I want to let you know this. Boom, you're dead. <laughs> like, what? Like, and then oh, and then the officers found you know, uh, innocent of that, not guilty of that. So like, so how do we get our heads around this? This is not just like, Oh, that's a surprise. Oh, that's a surprise. It's, you know, I can tie this to school shootings. This is a systemic epidemic problem called a pandemic. If you want to, and say, we need a response to this. Might be a little too soon to use that. (laughs) (laughs) But we need, excuse me, a fully across the board response that protects everyone including police officers. So all of this raises the ante that there will be more violence and more trouble. And when we disregard that and say, well, let's let it work out or let's take each individual thing at a time, 
that's a problem. So when people talk about defunding the police, and of course, most people misunderstand what that means. Yeah. So then you have to talk about what it actually means versus what you think it means. And you get to the, like, what if we took these budgets and reexamined what we're doing? If you attend to the needs of the citizenry and make sure they're okay in accessing mental health services, you know, not perpetually in poverty. We should privatize policing. Hey, there it is. People getting access to addiction, uh, to addiction treatment centers, et cetera. Right. Then we can talk about, do we need to be doing this the ass backwards way of clamping down on undesirable behavior and say, maybe people wouldn't behave that way if their needs were met in different ways. That's not an unreasonable conversation for a healthy culture to have. I don't consider this. We're not a healthy, healthy culture, culture though. Yeah. <laughs> so, there's one little one dent little in your variable. armor there. Right. But yeah. that's the thing. And that, so that's what we're coming up against is the fact is that this country can't really tolerate a conversation like that healthfully. Right. No, we can't. Not at all. I, you know, it, it's, it's funny. I, I've been, I, I've worked for companies and, and this has happened to me twice where another company has bought the company that I worked for. And when that company bought, like, Everybody who was working for the previous company had to go through a hiring process. Mm -hmm. It's a shitty feeling. It's mm -hmm. a horrible feeling. You know, it really, really is. Sure. But, you know, I mean, both times I was like, yeah, they, I, you know, I would go into the office like, yeah, no. So you, you just, we have to pull you in one by one. You're good. We like the job you're doing. No problem. Anything right. we can do. Blah, 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 blah. Here's a few things that we want to add to your plate. Blah, 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 blah. And you're out. Right. And then there were some people who just weren't, no, you're, you've proven problematic. We're not going to hire you right. when we take over. So just so you know, we're giving you fair warning. Right. So, um, and, and, and that would happen. What is to prevent us from doing that now? That's a great question. That's you a know? great question. And, and why can't we just go through our police departments and have each town select board or whatever governing body there is, mayor or something that just says, okay, our police departments are all going to go through a rehiring phase. Mm -hmm. All right. So, you know, everybody will be given a, if you're not hired, we'll be given one month severance and this is the way it is. Of course, it's all unionized. So I think, you know, I mean, my, my ideas, you know, come with a big unicorn horn. For sure. Well, that's worth discussing. I think police unions should be abolished. Oh, I, I'm getting to a point now where I think all unions should be abolished. Uh, yeah. I'll fight you there. No, you can fight me all you want, man. But I think a lot, not all of them. Look at Amazon. Look what just happened with Amazon. Oh, Jesus. Well, even the the workers voted that one out. Right. But that, that's a complicated that's yeah, I'm sure it is. Issue, Look, but... fucking Amazon needs to be disbanded. Yeah. I'm sorry. You know, I'm <laughs> yeah. sorry. I, you know, when you, when you have one fucking asshole worth billions and billions and billions of dollars who can solve yeah. the fucking world hunger problem right. with a with a swipe of a check. Yep. You know, yeah, quite literally, and and never feel it. Right. You know. So and I, that he doesn't says everything about him. Right. You know. Yeah. I mean, there's no question about it. I mean, you can love. The, the story of Jeff Bezos, but the fact is, when you have somebody making a billions and billions, his fucking net worth went up something 40 to $60 billion during the during pandemic, pandemic. Yeah. and while all of his, all of these frontline people that are working for him yeah. are just, you know, fucking suffering in these COVID pit situations. Yep. yep. You yeah, know? and I saw, Fuck I can't remember the- him. I know. I can't remember the exact number, but the number of millions of dollars spent pushing back on this union movement. Uh, you take some of that and, and maybe actually attend to the needs of your workers. I, it's just and, it's amazing you know. to me. I mean, he could probably double 
double everybody's pay like that. Oh, he surely could. Yeah, and and, and, never and feel not it. feel it. I remember when I was, and you and I both have degrees in psychology, so I'm sure you'll recall this, but I remember early on in my- I have a degree in, my, in psychopathy. It's different. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. I could use some skills in that arena. Uh, but well, I remember just reading and learning about uh, organizational industrial psychology that says, you know, st- studies show that mm. if you treat your workers well, you get more pro- productivity out of them. And I, I can still, to this day, that's 40 years ago. Oh, that hurts. Yeah, right. Okay, it's almost 40 years ago I got my degree. Uh, that what would be the motivation to not treat your workers well? If you're a business in the act of making money and trying to do well in whatever you're doing, and you know on some level that treating your people well, making them happy, gets more out of them, what is more currency to you? What do you gain from that? by treating them poorly. And so when you make people happy, and you've seen this, I forget the guy's name, Dan Price, I think it is, like make sure that everyone is paid enough. You know, or like a restaurant I read about recently, everybody working there gets $35,000. You know, no tipping. You know, this is how we're doing this. They doubled their income. Right. You know, it's like, yeah, people. So the question comes back to, it's not even about making money and the mathematics of it. There's another whole currency, which is hierarchical, which is classically male toxic, and, and a dominance model that says, I'm big and important, you are not, and you will take this, I can replace you. you know? And that's as old as the hills. You know, we've seen this dynamic for centuries. Like Now we know, oh, you're a business, you want to make a lot of money, treat your people, people well and watch what happens. Right. They don't. No. And you know, there there is a. Uh, you know, I'm not sure how we got off the whole thing. I know we but, went from unions yeah. over to here. And- well, yeah, I mean, we went from you know the the injustice of being a, a an African American person in this country to to this. But I mean, it, I think it all speaks to all of it. I mean, yeah. you know, I understand why monopolies need to be broken up because they're just not good. Because here's the thing, and I've said this over and over again: the the trickle the trickle down economics on paper on paper was a brilliant plan however you have you rely on humans to not find the loopholes but you know what humans always do they find the fucking loopholes which yeah. is why which is why the cops that beat the shit out of Rodney King yeah went free yep you know it's it's why that murdering bastard OJ Simpson went free yep. because if you have enough money you can find the loophole and that the effect, the ripple effect of that on the American psyche is the fuck it, you right. know. It's like, oh, you know, nothing has value. All politicians lie. All this is that, and that's. I mean, understandably, people see these high-profile cases and they go, like, see, if you have money, you get away with it. If you don't, you get right. to, you go to jail. And the answer is actually that's sort of actual you know yeah no it's not even that is just that's the reality that's not i mean i'm not even trying to veil it i'm not even trying to make i'm not even trying to excuse it i mean that's just the fucking way it is so here's a couple of you know you know cisgendered straight white middle-aged men talking about this and we get it and we see it don't have any like will not for a moment pretend to know what it's like to be a black person in this country but on an empathetic level i can fucking feel it yeah and i feel like i want to do something with my privilege to you know this is why that's why i'm getting out of facebook jail like today <laughs> after like pushing back <laughs> muscle tough by the way thank you yeah. i i i push back on racists and sexists and 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 
LGBTQ bigots, you know, anti-LGBTQ bigots and so forth, because you're not going to get away with that. And we see so much of these aberrations, and they're not even aberrations because there's so many of them, getting away with and being unchallenged in these things. I saw recently a videotape of this guy um, being, you know, stupidly racist in a, in a convenience store. And this dude standing up to him, much smaller, saying like, yeah. no, man, get the out of here. It's not going to happen. And like, we all need to be stepping up. Yeah, no, I mean, that's really what, it, what happens. And, you know, so when, when the white privileged faces just recognize on behalf of somebody else who doesn't have to fucking shoulder this burden, yeah. you know, of just, of just being born black. And I hate to say that, but that is really what it's got to feel mm-hmm. like. I mean, you know, I mean, there are people I have talked to who are African American who are just like, I'm tired of it. Yeah. I said, no, I don't blame you. No, no, no. I'm tired of being black. I, I just, totally I just, I don't do anything. And, and, uh, but yet I'm the first one they look at when something right. goes south. And I just like, that's not right. So guys like you and I need to be, and, and I don't think either one of us have a problem stepping into that fire ring. Never been an issue. Never been an issue for me either. <laughs> but I don't no. want to be the savior. Like the white savior thing is also a problem. You know, like to be an ally and an accomplice. I, I Here's the thing. I would much rather you be a white savior than just a fucking bystander. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you a know? bystander thing. I mean, right now, let, let, let's just have more people kind of jumping in and just saying, no, not allowed. This is not going to happen. So it happened yesterday in, in Manhattan. I think it was Manhattan. Maybe it's Brooklyn. Uh Oh, another guy assaulting an Asian woman and a bunch of people pounced on him Yeah, and didn't brutalize him, just pinned him until the police arrived and handcuffed him. Like that's the response. And, and somebody's there like, not in my neighborhood. Like right. that's the right answer. Right. Exactly. Right. You know, the, you love or hate New Yorkers, but I can, I can honest to God, I can remember, yeah. you know, uh, this happening as, as a kid and, yeah. and seeing, and, and, and seeing the, the, the New York kids going, what are you doing? <laughs> What? What, you, what did you just call him? That ain't right. A what? <laughs> you called him a what? Yeah. What? Because he's black. Right. Oh, come here. No, 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 no. If you run, it's only gonna make it worse. <laughs> Why don't you come here now? All right. Why don't you come here now? Why don't you call me a name? Right. Call me a name. You know, and and you know, you you've dealt with that 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 Italian kind of bravado, and that's some intimidating it's shit. Intimidating. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Why don't you call me that? Let me see how that ends for you. Oh, I think you should. Come on. And meanwhile, the kid who had it is like, I'm not being any part of this. Right. That, that Italian dude, he's fucking crazy. He's going to kill that guy. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. But and, that's sort of what we're doing by proxy, right. by putting police officers on, on trial um, to say, this is not okay. The, the, and while we can individually do that and still see these people get off with videotapes, oh, oh my God, you know, Eric Garner, you what? He was selling free, you know, single cigarettes and you killed him and you choked him to death and we watched it on videotape. But this is, I mean, it's taking too long and every death is an unnecessary death, but we are seeing a sea change in response to this. This isn't going backwards. It's not going to go back into this contained model. The, the American public, I dare say, and certainly not all, but the preponderance of the American public is saying, fuck this. Right. That's enough. Yeah. And so I'm sorry to say, I don't want to see any violence. Well, let's put it another way. I don't want to see destruction and certainly not violence. Violence against humans. Violence is against humans. Destruction is against property. But when Brooklyn Center, when the people in Brooklyn Center are getting tear gassed, 
by the same police department that shot that guy in the chest yesterday, two days ago. Uh, Something's not right there. You know, now I'll tell you what would have happened in that moment if that woman, that police officer, no need to genderize, uh, made a public statement and said, I totally screwed up. I thought I was using my taser. I shot that guy. I'm resigning. This is wrong, and I'm prepared to take what's coming. Coming. It would have shut the whole thing down. But that's not the way that's anybody's wired. That's no. not the way it's wired. I mean, if you, let's say, God forbid, you accidentally did that, oh, right? Yeah. I mean, God, I mean, you got to live with that the rest of your life. Yeah. That's punishment almost in and of itself. For somebody like you and I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know how I could, I could have uh, bleh, just I I throw up thinking about it. I know. You know, but I, wish I never saw that video. You know, oh, it's the whole thing's brutal. Yeah. So, you know, our thing is like I don't want to be caged for it, but right. but in order for you and me and a majority of the population to feel comfortable that the people that are paid to protect and serve that are now creating the havoc, wreaking the havoc mm-hmm. and are are skating after yes. doing so, yes. you know, I, I'm, I'm, my, my faith in those blue uniforms are being chiseled away. And I hate to say that because as you, as you started this podcast out, both you and I know yep. really good cops. Yep. And there are more really good cops than there are really bad cops. There's no right. question in my mind. But it starts with the good cops. It who does. call out the bad cops. Right. So do that. Exactly. Step up. But there's that. Do not be a bystander in your own industry. But there's that fraternity. There's that blue line. There's that, you know, unionized. We don't talk about this. We're going to keep it like, well, I don't want to. Like, call that shit out. You know. Look, you know, famously, I don't know, you know, if it's still exactly accurate, but 40% of police officers have been charged with domestic abuse. Yeah. 40%. Like, that's a problem. Who's calling that out? Who's saying this person is a problem? Because it affects the rest of the industry. It affects the rest of right. law enforcement. Yeah. It makes people distrust. And this is the this is a, a very pregnant moment for this country to say, we need to re-examine how we're doing policing and let's make different choices. Rather than the strong-arm, forceful effect policing should be about protecting and serving and managing. Like I always used to say about managers, God forbid, some managers manage people, others control them. Right. And police officers are there to manage situations. If you can de-escalate a situation, good for you. If you have mental health training, even better. If you bring in mental health experts in certain moments, you have finessed a situation that didn't need violence to be contained. And that's what we're seeing far too often. So for those police officers who want to be respected, then they need to be calling out the bad cops because right. there are plenty of them. I'm sorry to say, I wish it wasn't so. You know, I mean, I don't mean to make it. this R- Mayberry RFD mm-hmm. where, where where your town, where your chief of police walks around without a gun and, and Barney Fife somehow is allowed to have one. Yeah, the last guy <laughs> hey, you want to have. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Freaking nervous twitch on that guy. <laughs> But, you know, I mean, I'm not trying to do that. I mean, I understand that there there are times where, uh, you know, the, the, a, a strong, the strong arm of the law has to be strong. I get it. Yeah, there's some pretty I scary get it, dudes out but there. But not, not because there's a fucking air freshener hanging from your right. goddamn window. Right. Now, my, again, well, no, I'm not even going to say. Yeah, I'm just going to leave it there. The The history of the people that are, are victims of this violence should not be an issue, you know, and they're, 
so I, I clipped myself there. I really don't want to talk about that. Right. But I was going to make a different sort of point. But like we do acknowledge and understand that there are people moving about in the world committing crimes, doing things, and doing violence. You right, know? right. And who are willing to do violence to police officers. So protecting themselves, I get it. 100% you know? agreed. But like I felt threatened thing that gets thrown. Like really, a 14-year-old boy? Really, you felt threatened by a fourteen? All right. four and, of and, you, and you, and you felt threatened that to to a point where you had to pepper spray, hold a man, a second lieutenant, yeah. active lieutenant in the U.S. Army, right, with his arms out the window, with his arms out the window, with his dog in the back seat. Yeah. You have to pepper spray him and then get him out of the car and yeah. keep him down there until the man bursts into tears. Yeah. I mean, yeah, how does that fucking serve? And I'm, I'm pardon me for saying so. And fucking Colin Kaepernick. I know. Was was fucking disrespecting the, the U the, the U.S. troops? <laughs> I know. Fuck you! Yeah, and none of it makes. That seems any like sense. a good place to leave it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big resounding fuck you. <laughs> but I want to say, I mean, let's 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 at least round it out with this: is I don't believe that police officer police officers are inherently bad. Of course, and you and I, as we said, know a number of really good people who've chosen to be police officers. But you guys better get your shit together. Yeah. You know? And I mean, you can, you you know what? And the statement, nobody hates a bad cop more than a good cop, only goes right. so far until the good cop starts saying, I hate the bad cop, and, and he's being bad right now, so I'm going to fucking, I'm going to turn him in. I'm going to yeah. pull him. I'm going to yank him. I'm sorry. I'm going back on it. We just can't have this. And it's the only way that, that faith is going to be restored in the people who are paid to protect and serve. Right. I frankly don't think that this uh, Chauvin, Chauvin guy is has a chance of, of being found innocent here. But at the same time, I've, I also said Donald Trump would never be elected president. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, we that, don't predict. Is that like the, <laughs> as I've often said through those four years, I'm out of the prediction business. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. So but it seems so overwhelming at this point. But again, these are the shocks we have. Right. The OJs and so forth. Yeah. Like, what? But uh -huh. I saw that with my own and, eyes. And, you know, and, and my dad was over on Sunday night, and he said, well, if they don't, they're going to, they, they, they'll they burn that city down. So what? Yeah, I'm not a fan of destruction, but they would, and I can understand it. Yeah. You know? You know, so what? They yeah. burned the city down. They did that once. When they murdered fucking George Floyd, yeah. they burned that fucking city down. Yeah. Well, it's Antifa did. Pretty shocked. Oh, that's right. It was, yeah, it was, it was all, darn Antifa. <laughs> it was darn Antifa. <laughs> It was Dwight Eisenhower himself. <laughs> coming <laughs> coming right back in. All right. Well, let's, let's we'll stick a pin in it there. Uh for the good to see you. Likewise. Wow. In, in real life in face three dimensions. Face. I can, know. You can hear the quality of this podcast. So awesome. It's so much better. So yeah. much. The deep tenor of our voice. Yes. Yeah. All right, sir. We'll uh do it again next week. Let's. All right. I've been Fish. I've been Steve. And this whole thing has been brought to you by Mocha Joe's. Right. At mochajoes.com. All right, take care of yourself. Cheers. More at the earspoon.com.